0: Hi everyone! Welcome to Broadway Breakdown. My name is John Wascavage. And my name is Matt Koplick. Welcome to the first episode <laughs> of Broadway Breakdown.
1: That's it's what it in... feels like. The first one ever. <laughs> the first one ever. Um, it's been so long. We're, we apologize. But it we're has. Just very, we're just very, very, very busy and important right now. And so just like... Well I was actually thinking like...
0: I was like, do we call this season two? I mean <laughs> we I don't think we ever like had the idea of like it's gonna be seasons, you know. But um yeah. it it feels the, like know it's this almost was... season two. I've grown so much since the last episode.
1: <laughs> Welcome to All Stars. Yes. <laughs> We've come back and re- and and grown from our experiences and now we're more polished. We we're, we're fiercer. Yes. Um yeah, you know what? It's more. Like, this is a winter hiatus. The mm. way I would look at it is like it's our freshman season, mm. and in the winter hiatus, like NBC or CBS, just like you know, gave us a little boost in the in the in the winter break. So that's all. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or
0: what I was thinking was like it's freshman year of college. You go back home for a month, and you like forget what life is like in college, and then all of a sudden it's January, and you are like, oh, I have to go back to working yeah. and um, not sitting like, on your ju- butt and eating. Like cookies all day,
1: yeah, well, that's what I did in college, but I was gonna say, like back when like my skin was looking so good when I went home because there was no stress, and then I uh, went back to the stress, and I was like, Ugh, girl
0: gross. girl, I am like a teenager right now, like I have such a patch of pimples on my like non existent chin slash jawline, like I honestly <laughs> look like an extra from Freaks and Geeks. It's quite amazing. What oh what God. stress can do to a bod, especially a R- bod this susceptible to like imperfection, <laughs> <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, you're already in a very vulnerable state. Yeah, no, that's like,
0: ab- yeah, like one that like God made I was like, oh, this one's gonna, this one's gonna be a lifer. But good luck. <laughs> uh-uh.
1: See, I'm like when I get stressed, like I um I I lose weight, but not in a way that like is attractive. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like I lose it in my face and my jawline gets so defined it could cut bread. It's just like I lose weight in like my chest area and yeah. I start looking like, like pigeon chested and it's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I've been breaking out too. And I I think <sighs> like when I work out, what it happens is like, I've, so like I've been running for the last year or so and I've mm-hmm. had to like really exfoliate my, uh, on my skin every day to keep mm-hmm. it from like breaking out. And if I half-ass it even once, yeah. it's like, yeah, they come for you. It's, yeah, it's
0: terrible. It does. It's kind of insane. Yeah. I, I honestly like, I don't. It's it's so meticulously placed in these two patches on my face too. Like it's. I I'm just wondering if like. I don't know. I don't know because like I they're sending
1: of, a message to you. That's what they're doing.
0: Yeah, honestly, it looks like someone was like, "Oh crap!" Like some someone's like, "I have to put this patch of braille on John's face to warn him about the future." Like some mm-hmm. some yeah, honestly, that's the only plausible reason. Cause or it is like exfoliate too, but I don't know.
1: I said or that or it's like. Now even blind men won't date you because they'll oh. feel your chin. They'll be, like, they'll be like, I feel like you're so beautiful on the inside. Let me feel your face. And they do. And like, and like in it's, Braille. It's it smells like said. help. Yeah. head says help yeah. me. And they're like, oh, fuck. And they leave.
0: Yeah. In Braille, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like what's like the worst thing someone could like read. Like I support Trump. Like that's what yeah, it was was says in say. Braille on my chin. Make right America now.
1: great again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Billy, I to with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah.
1: So why don't you t- so why don't you tell all of our listeners I'm sure they all know anyway cuz I'm sure they all know no, I'm you sure you guys like,
0: follow me on social media and like all that you're, stuff. No, you're um, fun
1: to follow on social media. Don't don't be so don't downplay it. You're fun. No,
0: I feel like people probably just assume that I died. <laughs> and so they're like, "Oh, I guess that podcast is over cuz that that fragile one finally died." Oh, um, oh my god. <laughs> no, um yeah, but
1: so let explain to the audience where you are cuz you're not dead. You're very much alive. You have the you have the bone structure of a dead person which means you're very defined so that's a that's a compliment yeah death becomes
0: her i'll be co-starring in that with christian chenoweth and a development in a developmental lab coming soon to you um Mm -hmm. directed
1: by alex timbers yeah
0: oh yeah um i actually (laughs) am in i'm in pittsburgh right now um i just opened a brand new world premiere of a musical at pittsburgh clo this week um this month has been like a dream come true, come true mixed with like running a marathon in a way that like after doing murder for two for the last 3 years i was like i got this like i anything else is going to be a walk in the park and let me tell you mm, this was like we were nowhere near the park we were we were sunday out of the park with drudge like it was like it was it's, it's been so hard. Like, I'm I'm old. I think, like... Like, I know that I aged out of the Newsies bracket, like, quite a while ago. But, like... I mean, I think I'm slowly becoming, like... If John Cullum can't do the job, call John Wascavage. Because he's your next best bet. Like, I've aged. I've aged a lot. I, I feel like I I feel like I sound more mature even in this podcast, honestly. Um, I've, I've seen... I've seen that of a thousand lives flash before me. Um... No, um, that being said, although it's been so tiring, it has also been the most exciting and fulfilling and, like, really cool show. Um, It's a new musical that's, like, an origin story about the world's first superhero. And you don't really, like, realize how, like, cool it is, like doing what we do until a costume designer is like hey I built from scratch a custom made one-of-a-kind superhero outfit for you that like no one's ever seen before and this is your iconic superhero look and like you look at that and you're like oh that's really cool that that makes like Every awful thing that actors have to do. Like, that, that's just, like, a really cool moment. And turns out people love superheroes. Like, looking out in the audience over the last few nights since we've had audiences, like, the smile on, like, older and younger generations' faces, like, it's infectious. Like, I'm just so happy right now to be doing a work that's, like, bringing joy to people. Um, because a lot of our last podcasts focus on the real bullshit that's been going on in the world. So it's nice to, like, you know, have, like... Yeah. Have a have a mole of release, and that was my nickname in middle school. Mole of release, mole of release. <laughs> That's to make a great drag name. Oh, step into a dream, Black climate is extreme. Welcome to my fantasy. We give good a bit for me, so come and take my hand. You, tell us about you, Maddie. Tell us about all your exciting things.
1: Oh, so many exciting things. Um, well, uh, I have been working on my own project since uh we last mm. recorded. hmm Um I back in like end of November slash early December, I wanna say, I, I had an idea for uh a series, web series, T V series, whoever would just like wanna Look at it, I, yeah. I guess, and spent the last five weeks writing. Uh, I gave myself like the month of December. I was like, I'm going to write two episodes and then come up with an outline for a third, and then we'll see where we are. And then, yeah. literally, up until like last week, I ended up writing five full episodes. We did a oh, reading God. of it. Yeah, we did a reading of it on Tuesday with a bunch of uh, ran- like a, ra- a bunch of my random friends who I love and whose opinions I really respect. Mm-hmm. We all, yeah, we all sat down, we read through it. And let me tell you, folks, um, like i am a shady judgmental whore i have no problem not what i thought you were gonna say sure yeah you thought i was gonna say bitch
0: no, I just didn't, I didn't think you were going to go from like, yeah, we did this reading and I'm a judgmental bitch, like bitch whore. I'm a you judge, like, I'm a judgmental bitch whore. Like, well, oh. I'm,
1: I'm just, I want to preface this with, I, like, I've been going to see theater my whole life. I, you know, see a bunch of movies. I see a lot of TV shows. I have no problems being like, Finding Neverland's musical is a piece of crap and I don't think anybody worked hard on it whatsoever. That <laughs> <Okay>. said, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, unfiltered, whatever. I've had two coffees. That yeah. said, um it gives you a whole new perspective for creatives when you write something yourself mm-hmm. and even like in a safe, even in a safe environment of like 10, 12 people that you know and love and like you preface it with like this, these are really rough, be kind. Like even then it, like I was, I pretty much blacked out from the moment of, you know, everyone was reading the first page to the last page. Mm. And I, like i i was just so fucking terrified it's really scary because
0: yeah it is yeah like you,
1: and like if you if it's if it's bad it's devastating if it's good you don't trust it completely Mm-mm. um Mm-mm. and yeah so it was it was actually really fantastic so like it's semi-autobiographical it's based on uh my current situation i was I lived with two of my best friends for four years, and then due to circumstances, we moved out, and mm-hmm. I moved in with my mom for the last year, which has been very nice. Like John's been here, it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a lovely it apartment. Is, my mom, guys, it it's a, is a lovely broad. apartment. Yes, yes, it is a lovely apartment. It's where we uh recorded a couple of our episodes mm-hmm. with Natalie Walker, Caitlin and but like it's. It is not when you're 27 what you want to tell someone on a Tinder date when they're like, oh, how do you afford an apartment on the Upper East Side? And you have to respond with, well, funny story, I can't.
0: Uh-huh. my mom <laughs>
1: <laughs> mad mom like my never mommy. do you see someone check out so fast is when you're like well I'm actually with my mom right now and before you can see, even say it's temporary they're like Norman Bates get the fuck well, out of my car
0: that's what I was gonna say like you might as well why were we already in their car oh my god okay well I was right. gonna well, I
1: metaphorically was gonna... speaking John I don't
0: get I don't ride cars with boys I'm not Drew oh. Barrymore sure 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 All <laughs> I was gonna say is you might as well just go like whole hog and instead of like you should just start answering and like giving the people what they want and be like i live with my mother i live with mommy (laughs) like you shouldn't even call it my mom you should just be like yes i live with mother (laughs) mother mother
1: Mother says the kindest things about me a man's a boy's best friend is his mother
0: mother gives me bonbons when i do a goodie (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i'm actually not making up this character this is actually based off of a real actor whose name is um Edgar Oliver, um, who is a real-life walking Scooby-Doo villain character. I saw his one-man off-Broadway show a few months ago, and I've been obsessed with him since. But literally, he's he was a Shakespearean actor, and he's a playwright, but he talks like that. He's like, well, my sister Helen and I used to visit Martha. Like, I'm not kidding. If you Google him right now and watch videos of him, you will see the. I'm doing a spot on impression but basically everybody yeah I want you to be this person now I want you to call your lovely sweet mother who I've met multiple times and I adore I want you to just just really be creepy about it now so please take the note of course
1: (laughs) I mean I'm already wearing like cardigans and walking around cursing young young people for getting in my way on this on the sidewalk I might as well just lean into it cardigans
0: Um, and like cats that may have died weeks ago but you dragged them on leashes behind you
1: I mean, in a lot of ways, I try to be like, oh, yeah, no, like, we're like, we're close, but, you know, we have separate <laughs> lives, whatnot. But like, cut to four days ago, we're sitting in the living room drinking Cabernet and watching um, the r- premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race that we DVR'd well, because, there yeah. There go. There it is. Yeah, folks. I got her hooked to it. By and, the way, like.
0: A boy and his mother.
1: A boy and his mother w- having very big opinions about Drag Race. It's very funny, by the way, to watch someone's reaction to the premiere not knowing any of the queens. Like, she did not know a single one of them. Well, actually, and... I
0: did that too. I mean, continue. Really? I, yeah, I did that too. That's yeah, so it was interesting. It was...
1: So, first of all, I watched the premiere with friends at a gay bar called Rise uh, because Miss yes. Fifi was... O'Hara was performing. <sighs> right. Yes. Who then? I I sent. So I sent John this. So Fifi O'Hara was a contestant on season four of Drag Race All Stars two. And if you don't know that, you probably
0: shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah. this is a Broadway podcast. Like it's basically just like a a gay podcast. And so this is a part of gay culture. Get into it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like it's just one step away from kinky boots. If you want to like justify this. So the winner
0: is kinky boots. Kinky boots.
1: Um, (laughs) uh, for those of you who don't get that reference. You also should not be listening to this podcast, but yeah, we, won't, true. we won't. We don't want to discourage you. We want to keep the, the listeners that we have already. No. Um, Hi. So, point is, that I, uh, I I was like doing a story of my drag race experience at Rise, first time ever seeing it in a bar, by the way, and it was like mm. mind-blowingly electric. Um, but uh, I tagged Fifi O'Hara in it, making like some little joke and. She commented and then she went on to like Like two of my Instagrams. And I sent John a screenshot because one mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. things she liked was one of our uh, photo shoot photos. And he was like, What the fuck? I know. Um, I was
0: like, Why you got Fifi liking our things?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if, if I were a better networker, yeah, if I were a better networker, then I, I would have gotten her to be on the show. But she's not really Broadway. So no. whatever. No, she doesn't no, a problem, find, no, she find has the problem finding the note key. Find the note, find the... Here's the key, because you can't seem to find one. Oh, my gosh. Um, but So, the point so is... Funny. Those of us who are watching All-Stars 3 have a lot of opinions. We have our favorites. We have our least favorites. Some surprised us, some didn't.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
1: very interesting watching it a second time uh, with my mom, a, because there are certain things that I just... Certain details that I found. But also, she doesn't know who any of the queens are. The only queen she remembered was Aja, because she started with season nine. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, so, like, she doesn't know any of the history of any of the queens. She hates Trixie Mattel, <gasps> and she hates Milk.
0: No! Um, I mean, I actually she, kind of hate Milk this time around, too. He's so or cock- She's so cocky now.
1: Yeah. well she's I She's so
0: full uh, of herself.
1: She's so full of herself. I honestly think that it's an act, I think I mean I hear that she hasn't gotten very nice since she got uh more fame in the modeling world, but I think Ooh, that a lot of gorgeous. Her... he's gorgeous. She is gorgeous. He's I mean, about I, the I, most he... attractive
0: drag race man ever.
1: No, he, yeah, absolutely. And it's also important to note that all of his success post drag race has been him out of drag. Mm-hmm. But um I honestly think that he's just playing the game in terms of like doesn't know how long he's going to be in the competition. So might as well say stuff that's going to get him featured mm. in his confessional. His that's like, that's honestly what it seems like they're all doing. Um, yeah. because yeah, like, I mean, he's not a terrible person. He was very mm-hmm. nice on his season and I haven't heard any horror stories about him, but yeah, I, th- I honestly think that's the game he's playing, but hate Strix Mattel doesn't like her makeup. I had to like explain God, the, no, the, thing, the the look and the name. Thing. It's a whole thing. Um, she, who did she, she really liked my mom really liked, uh, Morgan McMichaels when she came in mm. and then decided she didn't like her teeth or her performance. She loves BB Zahara Benet, which is like good for you. Um, I kind of do
0: too, though. I get this like oh, major no. Oprah vibe from her.
1: Totally. Um, there's a there's a conspiracy going around about BB's real role in the competition uh, that I don't want to go into because if it is real, it would be phenomenal. If it's not real, I just got everyone's hopes up. A twist. But. Yeah, a twist. It's the the general consensus is that some people think she's not actually in the competition. It's a ploy. Um, oh my god! So so we'll see. I think Rue Rue plays a good long game, but she, um, does. she really does.
0: We're doing a great job about talking about Broadway. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I mean, so I think this is a good time as any to talk about one of the best drag queens out there, Miss um, Patti LaBonne. <laughs> is that what you were gonna say? Because that's exactly yeah, that's absolutely you. what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, Miss Patti Lapone. She and um Sir Ben Platt performed on the Grammys last night. Benjamin um, Platt, yeah. Benjamin Platt. Full disclosure: I did not watch the Grammys last night. Me I, neither. Yeah, no. no, I was. <laughs> I got. I got home from work and then I. I decided to be a little productive and do some writing, uh, and then the night got away from me. But So I watched Patty this morning, and then we actually had some technical difficulties. Uh, <laughs> we did just have some started... technical
0: difficulties, actually, hopefully, in yeah. editing. You won't even be able to tell, but... I won't.
1: Yeah, we're not going to tell you when it happens, so you can go back and listen 10 more times. I encourage it. Yeah. Uh, to but find I thought it. I lost it... the
0: whole episode because my computer shut down in the middle of recording, so...
1: No, like Stephanie J. Block, it was breaking down uh but in that time i also watched ben platt's performance um and i have some thoughts do you have some thoughts mr wiscavige?
0: yeah first i'm gonna start with the queen herself um i i think people can kind of tell from my shtick from my from my bit from my like who i am as like a character like you know that person that i present like i'm a I I love divas as much as the next gay guy. Like, I'm obsessed. You know, people, people, I'm the kind of person that, like, I got, like, five different texts from people who do not know each other, who all saw Bernadette Peters, like, on her first night, and, like, just, like, five different breakdowns of of her performance. Like, that's the kind of person I am. People know I have an unhealthy obsession with Broadway and specifically divas. Miss Lapone has always been one for me that has always been very specific because I find her extremely talented. I find her... I mean, she's obviously... She's a legend. She's she's amazing. But I also find so many of her quirks completely ridiculous and just like... <laughs> just like not valid. Like her quirks are yeah. like... Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, we can't... paint. Warp- we couldn't understand what she was saying. If any other person on Broadway had... Had that much of a roadblock in their performance, where we couldn't understand what they were saying, we would have like the the show just would have closed immediately. But because it was Tyler Lipon, just everyone forgave her, and that's that's one of the reasons why I'm obsessed because because uh, that just doesn't happen, that shouldn't happen, but it does, and it's amazing. So that all being said, I kind of like went into it with my little like flair of like here we go, here she is, and this like kind of like knockoff white avita dress, like giving me full Lloyd Webber like regional production newsies set behind her. I I don't know where that came from, that, like, weird scenery behind her. But, like, I was like, here she is. And, like, I'm not gonna lie, I loved it. (laughs) Like, I kind of... I did, too! I kind of went in, like, being like, here comes, like, my next, like, campy video that I'm gonna make making fun of Miss Lapone. And, like, she's 60 fucking eight years old. And, like, the vocal prowess that she still showed on that stage, like... I bow down. I bow down like, in the in the original key no less.
1: Yes, I know. And like, yeah. and like, granted, don't cry for me, Argentina is not. It's the not Evita's highest. Yeah, no, it's it's not the most challenging of all of the stuff that Evita has to sing. No, when you have New Argentina and Rainbow High, and even like literally right after the song is over, she has that. Just listen to that. Um, yeah. but like for sixty-eight original key, like I'm pretty sure there were a couple of D's in that song. Like it's. Yeah it's yeah it's a it's fucking amazing yeah, And she never spe- like it was very... fucking pro like i was yeah. just a
0: like, girl yes. yeah
1: and so specific and so with such laser focus and every yeah. acting beat felt right it was it was a truly magnificent performance it um was. i'm in the same boat as you about lapone like she is a legend and there's so much about her that i love but over time a lot of things that were like little quirky trademarks of hers became like what defined her in a very campy style yeah um like, the diction, like, the heavy vibrato, like, the, mm-hmm. like, no-filter, uh, candid opinion sort of situation. Yeah. But, like, that performance reminded me of why mm-hmm. she got to where she got.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were still vowel modifications that were going on that I was like, whoa, why, what? Sure. But, like, sure. but I just, I loved it. I really loved it. And I just, like, my hat's off to her. Like, it was dramatic. It was, like... I'm not going to say it was campy, but, like, it was so high drama, and I'm sure there were maybe some people at the Grammys last night who were like, what's going on? But for the most part, I feel like everyone in that room's jaw was probably on the floor, because, like, I'm sure oh, yeah. if you're watching that live, you were just like, holy shit. Um, so but I, I it
1: loved also did. But when you uh, when you talk about like the high drama, that's sort of what made her performance in Avita uh, in Avita iconic, yeah. because of like that melodrama that she brought to it. Because like the show is not no. high stakes; it's not even really dramatically sound. It is an no. exposition heavy yeah. piece, and one made her performance click and what made her performance so legendary is the passion she brought behind it that yeah. made you feel something that honestly isn't truly there in the material yeah. and it's why like you know everyone gets compared to her it's like yeah. it is the gold standard in that role it and yeah is, she i thought she completely yeah she she like showed you why she reigned supreme so yeah, i don't think anyone's
0: ever really gotten close to touching her in that role no, ever not at all um, and like
1: i'm 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 willing to play fair game for most divas i would like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt but even like the best uh after lapone is like not even still on on her level
0: Yeah, yeah completely um yeah so that's one of the performances um and the other was one someone that i'm a huge fan of as well mr ben platt and i support him so much and I love him, and I adore him, and I think he is so f-ing talented, and his voice is amazing. I just did. I just uh, I cared for some parts of it, and others I just didn't. I don't know. It, it was such a like. It it wasn't my favorite of his. Yeah, I guess that's I what w- I could say
1: yes I so during our technical difficulties folks I watched the video and then I promptly went to where you should go if you want to read healthy you know, all that chat feedback <laughs> yeah all that chat Broadway world like you know go to the message boards see the wonderful stupid critiques that people have mm-hmm. um, but the thing that was the mo- that was most uh common was everyone saying you know, like every problem I had with the performance wasn't actually because of him but more because of just sort of the setup which yeah,
0: I do agree with makes that sense. as well
1: yeah. Like as you said, I big fan of him. I think he is one of the most no, talented. No, talent. Young yeah. gentleman, Yeah. And like definitely one of the best voices out there right now and like yeah. a very smart actor, smart song interpret uh interpreter. It if you're gonna honor Leonard Bernstein and like that's what like that's what the song was for. It wasn't them going like, "And here to sing something random. Here's Ben Platt." They're like, "Here to honor what would be Leonard Bernstein's 100th birthday. We are singing a piece of his." They It was, it almost was like they were doing an in memoriam, but not. So like,
0: yes, I felt that as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was like, if you're gonna, if you're honoring one specific person with a work of theirs, like perform it the way that they wrote it. Like have the orchestra, have (gasps) Ben Platt sing it straight. And if, you know, you want him to have some, some high money notes, you know, Bring it up a step. So that way when he does the somewhere, that's like really big money notes. Because having him riff on it was not my favorite. And he did this sort of little clip for us every single us. time. Me
0: too. That was actually the one that got me the most. The riffing, I actually like could kind of forgive because I was like... All right, here we are at the Grammys. I'm sure yeah. there was some. I'm sure there was some vocal coach that was like, you know what, we're gonna do. We're gonna spice it up. We're gonna make it memorable because you have to take chances in life, and you do. And he took one, and I'm sure for some people it worked a lot, and I'm sure for some it didn't. But yeah. that the, the, wasn't the... devastating. It just like wasn't. Yeah. For me, the thing that was the, was the most kind of like eyebrow raising was the clipped us, and if you have not watched it. If you're going to watch it, you will notice it off the bat. Like the second time he did it, I was like, "Oh, is he doing this every time?" And he was going like, every time. You know, there's a place for us. For us. Yeah. And I, I, it it's it's just so abrupt, and it's just it's it's um. It it shortens the like it, it robs the whole point of the song. Yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> well, and it's it's one of those things where it's like. You you so when I studied musical theater in college and we we did a form of uh, singing that was called, uh, techniqueing of a song exacting and then techniqueing which basically is you know boils down to you learn the song a hundred percent as it's written like down to the like quarter note mm-hmm. and then you go from there and through interpretation you find you know some the ways variances. to make it not quite yeah, exactly uh, what that does is that it makes you really kind of find the importance of. You know how that song is is written like what say like Leonard Bernstein or Stephen Sondheim was going for by having a whole note there instead of like Mm -hmm. a quarter note or something like that and then you kind of reason exactly like and then you figure it out um and so I feel like like if you're gonna cut do a little clip for us once maybe twice over the entire song because when you do it every single time you're not only robbing the song musically of its uh beauty, but you're also like you're robbing your acting choice of its, of its importance, because when you do it every single time, it stops being important. Yeah. Um, It's like the equivalent well, of
0: underlining everything. Well, and that, that was one of the things that became very evident to me because I watched them back to back this morning. Um, mm-hmm. Was that here was Patty who was giving full acting beats in her performance. She like, Went to the Grammys, which is not where people go to act a vocal performance, and she did. And it was Mm -hmm. amazing, and it was brilliant. Um, And he took a musical theater song, and he was like, I'm going to pop it and not act it. Like, you know, I'm going to treat it like a pop song. And it just, um, and of course artists do that every day. People have been doing that for decades and it's not a bad thing. I love it most of the time. I mean, Barbara Streisand, like, where would she be without doing that? But, um, it just, yeah, it was, it, out of the two performances, Miss LaPone, you got my vote. Yeah. I know same, you've been waiting here. for it. I know you, yeah. I know, I know she's been sitting, sitting there waiting next to her phone, waiting for the text of, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And now she, she can
1: sleep easy tonight. She can. She really can. Mm-hmm.
0: Voice that I'm giving everyone to, mm. the
1: little vocal fry, yes. deep, deepness. Um, I'm like a
0: Zaddy Kardashian.
1: <laughs> hey kids, Zaddy's home. Uh, the bar that I was at when I was watching Drag Race when Milk said Zaddy's home, it, the closed captioning said Zaddy with a Z. <gasps> yes. I was like, yes, like okay, VH1. I guess that's how we're spelling that now.
0: Yes, whatever. Homo closed caption that episode um
1: i I want that i want that queen's job
0: a friend of mine used to do it for other reality shows i actually really Really? thought it was a really great job i was like i would love that job closed captioning reality shows you just i mean yeah it gets annoying and repetitive because you keep having to rewind but i've done that before for other things like stealing scenes from movies um yeah and yeah
1: Yeah, I've, i've had to do closed captioning when um we had Alex Boniello on uh, baking it on Broadway because mm. it was a Deaf West production of Spring Awakening. He requested that we do closed captioning for all the content for all the fans. Oh, that's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, it was it was a him. really yeah. He's a he's a he's an actual good person. Which I actually
0: just started really reading helpful. an article about him like right before this podcast. And I didn't finish it that his girlfriend wrote um, about micro cheating, which I didn't know was a thing, but that it is apparently a thing. And I what guess is she did like it's apparently the thing where you um to me microcheating just sounds like millennials, um labeling things that is just like being a human. Like it's like when you contact someone of a different gender, even though you're already in a relationship and you like tag them in a meme just to like or like when you meet someone you become Facebook friends with someone of the, or like not of the opposite gender specifically, but of like of your like specific preference and they message you like so nice to meet you and you, instead of just like being like you too, you instigate a further conversation and it doesn't Mm. need to specifically lead to like overtly like uh, relationship developing. But I I guess basically micro cheating is flirting. (laughs) And yeah so, like, <laughs> like that's all, like what it sounded like to me so basically his girlfriend did this um she she did this experiment where she micro cheated on him for six weeks and I was about to finish reading it and then you called me so it's oh just random God, that right you brought that's just draw. random that you brought him up um yeah
1: and it's i mean it, it all it all comes full circle that's why it does
0: won't he do it
1: <laughs> i mean that <laughs> that's my new that's phrase
0: the... that I've been throwing around all the time because it annoys me the most right now so Say it, I'm using it all. won't he do it? Um, mm. People use it all the time in reference to God, <laughs> but, and it just—it makes no sense to me. Like, mm, no, won't he do it? Th- I, oh, okay, won't he do it? That's, I, I don't. Sure, I guess I don't know. Won't he? <laughs> I don't. I. I, like, I,
1: you... I don't know. We're not Facebook friends, God and I, so I don't know what I he'll know. do know, or she'll right.
0: do. I'm sorry. Mm. I, wow. We, wow. That was a really good tangent for our first tangent back. You had started to talk about. Um...
1: <laughs> I was trying to keep it into the Broadway
0: mold, and
1: then. Blim, God, blam blam blam! So quickly, so it's far, like, no... so quickly. Didn't you miss us? This is what you've been missing for the last month and a half. So like, it's a lot of word vomit we got to get out. Oh, I also saw a meteor shower last week.
0: Oh, I saw it right b- uh, during the holidays. Um, we could talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's do something we're supposed to do. Um, oh, that's
1: Broadway. Yeah, let's chat about it.
0: Uh, do you want to start or should I start?
1: <laughs> um, I'll I'll start since I uh since I saw it most most recently. Great. Um. I enjoyed it for the most part. It was like yes. super fun, quick, enjoyable piece. The thing that surprised me most was actually how much I enjoyed Amy Schumer. Which, me too. Yeah, I'm like that's not a dig to her because I I'm a fan. I, me I'm not too. As big, I watch her. I'm like show. not a fan. I'm not as big a fan as I was like a year ago. Yeah. Um, like when I I got on the Amy Schumer train when Inside Amy Schumer first started airing, and I thought yes. that the show was so brilliant. It's I so, was so brilliant. Un- I it, not, it is so brilliant. I
0: didn't watch it for years because I was like, I just don't think I like her humor, and boy was I wrong. Like,
1: yeah. No. That that show is is genius. Um yes. But somewhere along like the last year or so, maybe because she's been overworking herself and spreading herself a bit thin with some of her uh, endeavors, I didn't find some of the most recent stuff she put out to be. My favorite. So it wasn't that I went into Meteor Shower going, like, prove it to me, Amy Schumer, but I no, I no longer same. held her. Yeah, I no longer held her to such a high pedestal of, like, oh, she's going to be brilliant. I was like, hopefully she'll be good. Yeah, and she same. was actually very delightful.
0: She um, was. Like, was, was she the pinnacle of like Stanislavski acting technique? No. No, she wasn't. But was she really freaking funny? And like, did she do her job? And like, did she make like what could have been a really weird play? hysterical yes yes she did yes (laughs) because it is is not a normal play
1: (laughs) no it is that's the thing is it's uh my biggest problem with the show is not so much the writing although i did think that steve martin kind of did a cop out at the end where it was like don't try to go deep now with like what the characters like like, purposes are like just like you're mm -hmm. you're it it was almost like they were trying to justify the play being as light as it was i was like no just keep it keep it short and then my other problem was um Jer, uh Jerry Zax's constant blackouts which i thought really kind of messed with the with the uh pacing yeah it was there very
0: were, it was very jarring
1: yeah i just didn't think it it, it, it it that's a play because it's so abstract because the scenes do kind of go all over the place it, the play uh experiments with timelines and structure and yada 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 yeah. and s- Sorry, you you go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I guess without the blackouts, though, like, how would we know when we're, like, starting something? Like, because, I mean, it's not just, like, playing with, like, time. Like, I mean, it's, like, literally, like, two, like, or three. I mean, I lost track. Like, very different storylines that could have happened. It was almost like the the way that I kept explaining to people right after I saw it was, like, it's almost like the ending of Clue. Um, Yeah like you you'd think something was happening you'd be like oh and then there'd be a complete reset and it would sometimes it'd be from like different points of view or from like different points in the reset of the timeline but like um it was very much similar to that and like this could have happened or this could have happened or this could have happened or this could have happened um so with so although the blackouts i wasn't the biggest fan i honestly don't know how else he would have done that with like a complete reset maybe you do with um, my director brain. It's not the black.
1: It's not the blackouts in theory. I had a problem with. It was um how long some of them would go for because there were hmm. times when they would do a blackout, but they would still like like Jeremy Shamos would have a speech with like in a
0: in and a spotlight while a... that would happen. And sometimes it was the same speech, and sometimes it wasn't. And that's that's what confused me. Like yeah,
1: I mean, and it's and it. There were, in the second half specifically, like when the shit sort of hits the fan, yeah. dramatically speaking, that's yeah. when there would be moments where, like, it would be blackout with the classical music playing while the set turned around, and it would be like a solid twenty seconds until the scene started again, mm-hmm. and that's that's the killer. Like, yeah. I'm do a blackout if you need to, especially in a play like this that's so abstract and you know the scenes are all over the place, but yeah. you can't have it go for that long. That's I'll... that's what killed it for me.
0: Although it was almost worth it for the moments of those blackouts when he would send Laura Benanti out there and she is oh, and she doing do her a like, dance. Dances. She is doing a dance on Broadway that is so funny. Like she is actually her whole performance in that show. I was trying to also explain it to someone and I was like, it almost defies. <laughs> explanation of what she's doing because she's doing it like a mix of like aloof mixed with like really conniving mixed with like really sweet like it I I loved her performance in it 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 was so funny she was Mm -hmm. so so funny um I really really enjoyed it enjoyed her yeah she's a really
1: gifted comedian
0: yeah I mean I thought the four of them were amazing but specifically Amy and Laura just really stole the show for me and like made it worth it absolutely Um, but yeah bizarre show really weird show that being said i laughed a lot i really did i really yeah no i really quite laughed a lot
1: yeah it's it's a lot of fun there's a lot of good humor to it the actually the two biggest laughs in the night came from an uh ad lib from amy schumer oh really so
0: yeah so i wonder if it's a real ad lib or not i wonder if she did the night maybe
1: Well, well, well well so i don't think so because it happened it was things that happened from the audience uh about 15 minutes into the piece, uh, they're, they're all sitting down on the couch, and someone—I'm in the mezzanine, mm-hmm. and it was a matinee, so have a lot of um, older people, and a gentleman, yeah. I want to say, like, mid-70s, is in uh, the mezzanine, like, maybe a couple rows behind me, and his phone goes off, and I—and it's a small theater, like, it's it 700 is, seats, house, so, yeah. like, if your phone goes off, everyone can hear it, yes. and— because he's on the older side it like he either didn't notice it right away or he like was slow going to turn it off like was not embarrassed enough to like rush to turn it off he was like oh i'll take my sweet time so amy schumer literally stops the scene gets up and goes to the landline telephone and goes what huh no all right it's coming from the audience and goes back to the couch and oh
0: my god yeah yeah no that didn't happen that's brilliant
1: and then um of course like the entire audience Applauds, and then there's a second, and Thor Benanti goes, So, before we were rudely interrupted, and they go back into the scene, and then a, a second time it happened when Amy Schumer's character is talking about her like exploding head syndrome, she has like the exploding yes. headaches.
0: Very weird, very weird thing. Yeah,
1: very weird thing. And while literally while she's doing it, someone was, like, unwrapping some sort of candy in the audience. Oh. And, the, and I'll never understand people in the audience when they do this. They think that they're, like, being respectful by opening it slowly because they're like, oh, it's, it's <laughs> the less The longest noise.
0: unwrapping ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're always like, oh, the slower I do it, like, it'll be less sound, but it's going to go on longer. It's like, just give me, like, three seconds of crumple, crumple, crumple and get it out. Like, don't give me 30 seconds of crickle, crickle. Yeah. Come on, on Deborah. Just, just, get, yeah, just on. get
0: your damn Ricola out. Yeah, <laughs> get it out, Deborah. But so literally,
1: as this person's doing this, it's while Amy Schumer's talking about her exploding head syndrome. And she's like, and I get this noise in my head. It's sort of like when someone's opening a Werther's in the third row of the orchestra. And again like everyone died Laura Benanti broke character she like stuffed her head into a pillow it was
0: that perfect is, that is brilliant yeah, yeah. Th- those were not those were not things that happened during my show and now I'm kind of upset because oh, actually that's at least life, two phones went off when I saw it I have not seen a play on Broadway on the Broadway that has not had a phone go off in a very long time yes I mean and I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry to our older listeners if we have any but it's always you guys it's it you guys. always is Absolutely, oh, is you guys. It's, I, I some it. you 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 generation, you baby boomers can blame us for everything that you try to blame us for. Say that we're vain. Say that we're obsessed with ourselves. Say that we are going to ruin society with computers. You guys don't know how to turn off your fucking phones. No, I <laughs> will say so, you were the demise of theater.
1: <laughs> I saying, I want to get on my platform for a little for a second for the, sure. our few listeners again. Don't want to make anyone super upset, but like I've been clocked for. You know, underdressing for the theater because I'll like go to a, see a matinee randomly and be wearing, you know, jeans and a button down. And someone's like, ugh, like you're so underdressed. And I do an Instagram before the show and people are like, oh, that's so disrespectful. And, you know, I tur- but then I turn right to airport the second floor goes to curtain. But every time a phone has gone off or someone unwraps food or someone mm-hmm. is late, it has never, is ever. talking? Someone is oh. talking. It has never been someone of uh in my demographic it has never Mm -hmm. been anyone you know 30 and younger um Mm -hmm. i i will see like parents loudly explain things to their kids i will see husband like couples loudly talk to each other about something else i see i see people come in an hour into a show and make up and if you're that late i would be super embarrassed for myself they have no apologies and they're like stomping on in and it's always people usually like 35 and older and i'm not saying that everyone in that age in that demographic does that because that's a big old demographic it is. but uh, yeah. every time i see it happen they are they are no younger than 35 maybe even 40 and it's yeah. and it makes me mad um yeah because it makes, it's it almost me, as if, it makes me furious
0: and I've, it's I've, almost I've, as if like
1: flames those like on elderly my face. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> flames on the side of my face thank you madeline it's almost like those um Elderly theater goers, uh, it's like I, because I, I get this too in my restaurant. They are so demanding in a way that's almost like, I dare you to challenge me. I've lived through so much; you should bend to my will. And
0: yeah. I mean, to be honest, we probably are going to get like that too. I <laughs> like, mean, I mean, I'm already like that. Every generation, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, me too. Kind of. I'm like, you like when know I get on, you don't know what no. I've been through. How dare you tell me that you're out of Pike Place? <laughs>
1: Like when I get when I get on the subway, I'm like, "You give me that seat, don't you know? I've been on my feet for four hours." Exactly. No, but like I'm I'm a pretty accommodating queen for the most part, but especially like especially with theater because it is such a shared experience, it and it's is. one of the and as we just found out with Meteor Shower, no experience is the same. Like it's never going to be mm-hmm. duplicated. And I'm like, don't you? I like, and I got very lucky. I got a forty dollar ticket, and. And everyone else around me probably paid four times as much. I'm like, for $160 for something that's not going to get replicated, don't you want to give it your full attention? Don't you want to give it your all? You're never going to get it again. And for something that costs so much. So, like, turn off your fucking phone. If you need a Ricola, I get that it's flu season. Unwrap it now. Like, try not to cough if you can. Because, like, there's there's also a difference between someone who needs, like who has a tickle in her throat and someone who wants the world to know that they're Ooh. filling the silence.
0: Uh, yes, yes, there, yes, there are. I had, I had one of the worst people do that when I was just in Colorado last month, uh, during Rita for two, the last time I did it, literally it was so bad. I was like, I wanted to offer them water. Like I was, I was just like, I don't, if you're that sick girl, just like, don't come. Like, I'm sure the theater can, can like, do something for you. It's a very, like, welcoming theater girl. Yeah. I don't know. Moral of the, the story is...
1: Saw, the moral of the story is... I saw... Wait, sad note. I want to say, I when Glass Menagerie was on Broadway, I saw it once by myself and then my dad was in town and he wanted to see it. And I felt so bad the second time we went because that audience was coughing the entire time. Mm-hmm. And, 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 the, and this is how I know that people... Can control it because during the moment when the gentleman caller was like oh I'm actually engaged to be married that audience became silent and then the mm-hmm. last 15 minutes were you could hear a pin drop and the two hours before it every five seconds <clears throat> yeah. yeah
0: yeah they're distracted they're, they're not paying attention they're, no. they're, they're liars they're dirty dirty liars um, <laughs> okay <of> well <laughs> we did it we talked about Broadway we did we really, oh. we really freaking did it. Um, and now
1: we're going to talk about remedial chaos theory.
0: Uh, um, <laughs> yes. not even,
1: not even entertaining it.
0: Um, yes, I, I, I just don't even know what that is.
1: Um, it's a term I heard once, and I keep it in my back pocket to make me sound like I know something other than Audrey McDonald's mix,
0: like ticatellamania. What which the is... fuck is that? That's the nervous condition where you pluck out your eyebrows, your eyelashes. I don't remember.
1: Oh my god! I think I have. That's why
0: Whoa! What is that?
1: It is the sexual fetish of enjoying pain in your crotch. <gasps> Ouch.
0: Ouch. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, we know. Okay. We know words. We do know words. I guess that makes. I guess that explains why, like, they always like. I feel like the most like typical. Like, dominatrix thing they do on TV is like, is like it like a woman like crushing a man's balls? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is that a weird statement? Do I watch weird television?
1: Yeah, I say, do you just watch Sesame Street? Because that sounds like a typical Sesame Street episode.
0: It is. It's where Elmo gets his uh, big bird crunched. Um, <laughs> hell. Um, oh no. Oh, yeah, no. That's apparently my thing, everyone. I didn't know it was the thing. So I'm gonna start incorporating it into my into uh my vernacular on what, this podcast. Would you would you say it's that thing you do? <laughs> um <laughs> I guess it is, yeah. I guess yeah, it is. Go. Yeah, it was it was pointed out to me recently by cast members that like I've been apparently doing this for months where whenever I have a moment of like something not working or I just want to say no to it. Instead of just saying no, I now go no. Always the same notes. Always the same riff. You know. I guess it's my it's my somewhere. It's my clipped us and yeah. somewhere. It's my it's your clipped us. us and
1: somewhere. Yeah. Every every um, diva's got their signature riff. So don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, it's me. Um. <laughs> listen, I love you all, and I love you, Matt. I'm exhausted. Me too. I was That's waiting my... to find a way to get us out of here. I'm just, I'm just going to throw the towel in. I'm not going to like pussyfoot around it. Like I love Perfect. spending time with you all. But like I'm emotionally and physically drained. And I'm about to go eat some food and watch some American Dad because I'm an adult <sighs> man. I pay my own bills, telephone oh. bills, automobile. I don't have any automobile. Okay. Um, uh, that makes me
1: very happy. I'm. I was saying I was trying to find a way to get us out, but I couldn't find a segue. So no, I'm I think just, just, co- like, I'm, just done. I'm
0: just diving right into it. I'm just like I'm calling the shots. Bye everyone. It's it's amazing. See you later. Um. <laughs> so on that note, John, while we while we get
1: ourselves out of here, let's pick ourselves a diva.
0: You know, uh, it, I mean, we've already picked Patty, right?
1: I don't know if we have.
0: No, there's no way we haven't. You know what? I'm just vetoing anything we're doing right now because I just want to get out of here. We're picking Patty. Play us we're out, Patty, because you've just you've renewed my love for you. In absolutely. One Either, troop.
1: absolutely. Either we haven't had her before, or she's going to be Be Zahara Benet her way into this yes, and come she back is. again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, so the Queen Patty. Queen. All right. All right. So until next time, this is Broadway Breakdown. Bye, Bye everybody.
0: everybody. <laughs> Have a great day in the Lord.
1: <laughs> in the Lord. Thanks, Patty. Take us away. Won't you do it? <laughs> Won't you do it? <laughs>